Well, hey, guys, welcome to the uh, May edition of the Youth Pastors Roundtable. Uh, I'm Ryan Latham, and uh, I am on vacation right now. I'm actually at the Orlando airport, and so uh, I've asked my good friend uh, Cameron Hobrick to uh, host the call for me uh, since I will not be available uh, the entire call. And so, uh, Cameron, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, and uh, we'll get this thing started. Sweet, man. Well, hey, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate you letting me. Uh, be on here in this awesome community. Uh, we are excited to kick off this uh, this month's roundtable conference call. And our desire with this call is that it would kind of just feel like a bunch of us hanging out at your local coffee shop, Starbucks, or something like that, just kind of talking on our computers, learning, uh, really just getting to hang out and, and uh, just learn about this awesome thing we get to do called youth ministry. Like Ryan said, my name is Cameron Hobrick. I'm a youth pastor up here in Edmond, Oklahoma. I get the uh, honor and privilege of serving Victory Church at our Edmond campus, and <clears throat> I was actually a, a VSL, Victory School of Leadership, intern. Uh, I got the amazing privilege to come up under uh, Ryan Latham in his internship program, and I uh, got to spend two years there and learned uh, some things that, man, are just absolutely priceless, um, and it was a blessing to be able to do that, and out of that internship program, I actually got hired here at the Edmond campus, and uh, I've been here for about three or four years now, so um, really excited about where that's headed, and but uh, just really excited to be on this call. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for taking some time this morning to to join us today. Uh, we've got a great call for you, and <clears throat> we hope that, that this call will really become a vital part of your month where you can come and be equipped and connect with other people that are in this this beautiful thing called youth ministry. So, hey, we've got a couple, couple of announcements I want to throw your way uh, before we get this call kicked off. Uh, first off, I already talked about a Victory School of Leadership, an amazing program where if you have some students that are in your youth ministry that you are looking for them a place to get discipled, uh, to get some ministry training, and at the same time get an, an accredited uh, college education, uh, if that's something that interests you or your student, uh, do me a favor and email info at victoryleadership.tv. Once again, it's info at victoryleadership.tv. Uh, send us their contact information, and uh, Ryan Latham will personally contact them and see if VSL is the, the perfect fit for them. Uh, so do that for us. And secondly, I want you guys to mark your calendars for June 23rd. June 23rd. That is going to be our next uh, roundtable conference call. And uh, I'm really excited about this one. We are going to have uh, one of my good friends. His name is Levi Carter. He is a youth pastor here in the Oklahoma City area. And he's author, also an author of a book called The Most Powerful Man I Never Knew. Uh, it's a story about growing up with a, without a father and becoming a child of God and what that process looks like. Um, and he's going to be talking about some of the hot topics that we have uh, today in youth ministry, such as uh, cutting um, having gender issues and, and other hot topics like that. So that's really going to be a great call. Uh, you guys, just make sure that you mark that on your calendar. Uh, once again, it's June 23rd. And all of this information is uh, on the, the Youth Pastor Roundtable uh, website. That's www.yproundtable.com. So you guys can, can find all of that on there uh, to make sure you got all that information. So we're going to go ahead and get this thing kicked off, man. I'm excited about the speaker that we have with us today. Uh, his name is Andre Anderson. Andre has worked with youth in many different environments. He's been traveling around the nation doing school assemblies 
in the public schools. He has been a youth pastor. He also does consulting with youth pastors and has worked with leaders in the business community as well. Andre has a passion for helping youth pastors, and Andre is also a great friend of Ryan's and a good friend of mine. I just got to meet him today, and I know he, he's, uh, he's excited to be on this call today, and he's got some amazing information. So make sure you guys uh, got a notepad, a computer, something to take down the notes that this guy's going to be uh, throwing you away. So, Andre, man, the table is all yours. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Um, real quick, I will say, I will say this. Uh, I have been Ryan Latham's friend for, I think we're going on, oh, man, about 10 years. And, um, you know, he talks about VSL and what they do. Um, when, every time I'm a youth pastor somewhere, I always book Ryan to come out and uh, preach to my youth ministry and then promo VSL uh, because, number one, Ryan's just a dope uh, speaker. So, and I just re- re- uh, really appreciate the love that he really uh, just throws on my students. So um, I'd look into doing that at some point. Uh, he's a dude that you can call. He'll be able to come out, wreck it. Uh, he's a great speaker, and then he'll be able to promo his ministry um, and probably be able to help your kids out, get involved. So look at that. Just I'll just throw it out there to you. You can talk to him about that. Um, again, yeah, my name is Andre. Uh, I run the AndersonList.com, uh, which – Pretty much I just used to connect different people in ministry. The Lord said, showing them out where all the lighthouses are. And so that's what I do. Um, typically, I am not a systems guy. Um, I am more of a creative mind. Uh, I like to be free-flowing. I like to just kind of see what happens. But um, I've kind of forced myself to get into the systems mind because I realize that as we plan out and as we figure out what's going on, we're able to honestly, just do a lot more for ministry and do a lot more in our youth ministry. And we can get bogged down as youth pastors. Um, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, i got to prep again. Oh, i got to do this. i got to do this. And then somebody calls you and they're like, oh, my gosh, my girlfriend broke up with me. I'm, I don't know what to do. Oh. Like, and so you're dealing with all this stuff. You have a family. You have, you know, a wife. You have kids. You have all that. And so uh, I developed a system to really just help us get, you know, get a handle on our sermons. Because if we can take out a lot of the prep time that we spend in that and really write out our stuff and figure it out, we can get ahead of the game and just wreck everything else that comes our way. Uh, it makes it easier to kind of dodge some of the you know, craziness that will happen during our week. Um, I just did uh, a consulting session with Andrew McGuire in Indianapolis and his wife, Anna. Uh, we did two days. And we wrote, uh, I want to say somewhere between 30 and 40 sermons in two days. Um, so now his sermon prep time is about 30 minutes a week uh, where he sits down, he writes a couple of extra notes in them, and boom, he's ready to go. So this is the system that we used. Uh, and if you want me to, if you want to have me come out and help you out, I'll do it. Um, you just let me know. You can call me, figure it out, um, and we'll make it happen. Um, so yeah, but anyway, so... Uh, so here's how I started out. Uh, phase one uh, in doing this whole thing is I use a Mac, so I go into my iCal, and I download the U.S. holiday calendar. Uh, you want to make sure all your holidays are in there because those are important. Um, you also want to write in anything that you know that your church is going to be doing, um, any special events, any retreats, any staff retreats. You want to get those in there. Um, your birthdays uh, for your family, anniversaries, uh, retreats, camps, whatever. Get all those written in there, and then you print it out. Um, that's how I start because I'm visual. I want to lay it all out, and I want to look at it. Um, phase two for me is I write a month-by-month list. So I write the month, 
and then I wrote, write about three different sermon series that I might do for that month. And I'm looking at it, uh, I look at it like, okay, you know, you figure out, uh, I mean, February, we're going to do something, um, you know, something that's relationship-based. So you do three possible sermon series, you write down underneath those your holidays, um, you know, uh, anything that's going on within that time, you write in, you write a date night, you write any events that you know that you're going to have, you write family nights, um, and anything else that you have going on. So, like right now for May, it would look like I would write out my three possible service series. I'd write in uh, my date night event, family nights, grad parties, and then school ends. You know, and then I'd write out graduations um, just so that I have a real quick thing that I can glance at and know what I have to do. Um, and date nights are really big. Um, I mean, most of us are, you know, most likely married. Make sure that that's in your note. Um, it's super important, um, mainly because you need to take care of your wife. You need to take care of your family. And if you're not, then your wife is going to gradually just distance herself from you. So, and if you're wondering why your relationship is sucking, it's because you're spending more time not focused on her, not focused on everything else that you're doing. And you need to switch your attention. Um, so take that for what it is. Um, so I'm looking at May. So let's just say I'm right now, my May deal, it looks like I'd probably look at doing a sermon series called The Challenge, uh, another one called Focus, or another one called Status. Um, and then I write in there Mother's Day, Memorial Day, Senior Night, my birthday is this Sunday, so I have that in there, Family Night, Date Night, Grab Parties. Um, September for me looks like a series called VIP, another one called Magnetic, and The Big Ask. Um, that is Big Ask with a K at the end. I wanted to specify that because um, you probably heard it and thought it was something else, but it's the big ask. Um, so those are three possible sermon series that I'll do in there. Um, those are all pretty much based on inviting new people. It's September. So you get the big ask. We're asking people to come. Never mind. You get it. You're smart. Um, all right, in school starts, Labor Day, family night, date night, back to school party, and see you at the poll. Um, so I just go down a list on a piece of paper, and I write out every month like that. I just so that I can see it because, again, I want to know, you know, what I'm going to get into. Um, Easter is really important uh, for me. I always look at Easter, and I don't speak for four weeks until, like, four weeks out all the way up until Easter. I don't speak at the youth ministry. I completely remove myself from that, uh, mainly because we work in a church, and your senior pastor is going to need you for this, that, and the other. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm not going to concern myself with speaking. Um, I... Pretty much about three years ago, uh, I started a program in our youth ministry called 180. Uh, I got because my homeboy, Ryan Leak, told me about he saw someone else do it, where before the uh, pastor spoke, they let a student speak for uh, three minutes, and they call it three minutes of fire. And I was like, yo, that's, that's gangster. I love it. So I started it, and I called it 180, 180 seconds. And so I let my students speak before I would get up there. Um, so a lot of the guys that I consult do that, and they have seen gro massive growth in their youth ministry. But it gets you out of the equation, and it starts to show other people, oh, my gosh, I have something that I can share. People want to do this. My dude Phil Johnson started doing it, and he took uh, 57 short sermons to fine arts last year just because he started letting kids speak during the service. Um, so once you do something like that, now you have a bunch of people that can speak. 
So before Easter, you can say, hey, I need you five students to speak. And you get the different five students every week. They have something to share. Guess what? Your voice is not the most important voice in your youth ministry. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do, and there's a lot of people that have something else to say. Um, and it's not all about what God is telling you and teaching you. Other people have something, so sort it out there. Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, might be a little rough, but whatever, you know. Um, so my next phase is I go to a whiteboard, and I write out the month. Uh, I kind of land on whatever series title we're going to do. I usually do this with a team of about three or four people. Uh, and then I write out the dates of the Wednesdays. So August looks like I have August. Then it's the 3rd, the 10th, 17th, 24th, and 31. Uh, September is the 7th, the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th. And then we sit there and we brainstorm where we're going to go weekly based off of whatever sermon series we're going to do. Um, we allow the Lord to kind of work and speak through us and to kind of let us know what direction we need to go. But we just write everything on the board and we try and figure it out and graph it out. We start writing out our stories, writing out what scriptures we're going to do, writing out the main points, writing out uh, the conflicts. Uh, just everything that we do, we just write it all out, and then we just start lining it up. So here's the title for this week, uh, for August 3rd, and this is what we're going to do, and then August 10th, and then August 17th, and we just kind of bang it out that way until we have it into a nice little, okay, here's the title. Uh, and then we sit down and we write out our sermons. So the sermon, I'm going really fast, so, and nobody can talk back to me. So I feel like I'm talking to myself right now, which is totally cool. But um, sorry, I'm going so fast. Anyway, so we sit down, and then we write out the main point. And uh, Andrew and I banged this out, like I said, in two, two days, and it was crazy. Our minds were mush. But we did, we write out the main point, then you write out your subpoint, any thoughts, and any stories. What goes along with that? Your scriptures. Uh, and then I do a challenge to the believer and a non-believer every week. Um, that's how I roll. Uh, do it however you want to do it. But that's kind of how I just kind of space everything out. And then the application, the what now. And I write it all out. And I get it all, I get it all together. I get it all in one, in one deal. And it... Uh, and it works well. So, um, and just going through this process, even if you go, even if you just focus on three months, it totally takes so much off your plate. Because again, if you only have to spend 30 minutes on Thursday going over your sermon for next week, and then you look at it again on Tuesday or Wednesday, you're totally freeing yourself up. You're totally able to handle and just crush anything that's coming your way. Um, because we know that life happens. We know that, you know, we have this, that, and the other thing. We know these tragedies are going to happen. People in the church are going to die. People are going to want to get married. People are going to freak out. Parents are going to call you, cussing you out because you said the wrong thing from the stage. You know, you might feel like your job is in jeopardy. Like, there's so much stuff that's going on. Like, sermon prep should not be, like, the hardest thing, you know, and you shouldn't have all that pressure on you uh, to kind of go, you know, week to week. Because uh, when I first, like my first job as a, as a youth pastor, standalone youth pastor, I was freaking out week to week, and I was spending so much time in prep, and, you know, and I was getting ripped down and cut down because my prep wasn't good enough, or my sermons weren't strong enough, or my scriptural backing wasn't the best, and it, it just, it devastated me. Um, and so now I have so much time to be able to write this stuff out 
that I can look back and, you know, it's, oh, okay, cool, I have this. Oh, we have this. You know, you can change stuff around. It's not written in stone. Um, so just get your stuff done and make sure you're taking care of your spouse. Um, do it. Like, don't, don't mess around. Don't play, don't play the game. Don't get so caught up in youth ministry and like, oh, my gosh, you know, people are going to hell, baby, so i got to spend all my time at the church and doing everything for the church. And uh, Like, come on, dude. Like, your wife is important. Your family is your most important ministry. And if you can't keep that together, then you might have to pull yourself back a little bit. Um, take care of your wife. Text her. Tell her that you love her. Tell her that you're thinking about her. Like, do stuff to let her know that she's the most important person in your life because somebody on this call is slipping right now. And she's slowly slipping away from you, and you're starting to enjoy the effects and the touches from someone else or the looks or the attention that you're getting from someone else, and it's not healthy for you. And at first, you might have caught a red flag, but because you felt like you were lacking something at home, you're like, oh, well, this is okay, and you feel like that's, like, an okay thing to do, and it's like, oh, well, it's, it's not going to hurt, and, you know, we're not going to go too far. Look, I'm, I'm letting you know that you're going a little too far, and it's time for you to pull back. Um, it's time for you to get your life right and to get things right in your family um, because it's not okay. It's not, a, it's not a direction that you need to go, and um, it's not something that's going to be healthy for you in the future, and you need to protect your family um, and make sure that you're paying the most attention to your wife because uh, that's what's most important. So, um, so for whoever that's for, God bless you. Hope you don't hate me. Um, if you do, it's okay. We probably don't know each other, and it'll totally be okay later. Um, but so that's, that's pretty much the way that I do this. And, um, you know, it's just where I'm at. So, and if you have any questions, let's go. Like, yeah, that's that simple. Awesome. And, hey, Andre, that's great. That's great stuff, man. I really appreciate that. We're going to, well, I'm sure there's a lot of people that got some questions. Uh, you just threw out a lot, of, a lot of great information. So let me transfer over here real quick. So if you guys have a question uh, for our speaker, Mr. Andre, uh, about all the information that he just gave us, go ahead and hit star six, and uh, we will, I'll, I'll click on you, and we'll get you your, your questions started. Uh, but I'll, I'll go ahead and start while we're waiting for, for questions to come on in. <clears throat> Andre, i got a question for you, man. How do you um, – it seems like you've got this, this sermon series deal down. Um, what do you do to keep your sermon series relevant to your students. You know, we, we never want to uh, dumb down the Word of God for the sake of relevance, but at the same time, we want our, our sermon series to be uh, attractive to our students. We want it to be something that they actually want to listen to. So, so what do you do to, to, to kind of keep that at, at, at some point of relevance with your students? Um, I am, I tend to be a little wild uh, and graphic in nature, <laughs> so uh, I, I tend to walk lines, um, so I do stuff that is edgy. Um, I do stuff that attracts attention. So, if um, so, February I would do a sermon series called Liquid Sex because that sounds awesome, <laughs> and people are going to freak out. You know, you hand out a flyer that says new sermon series month of February, Liquid Sex come and be a part of it, they are going to snap. People are going to call. They're going to freak out on you, but you will get more students. And <laughs> you will. And 
then you say, look, here's the deal, guys. Um, you take Mountain Dew and Coke and you pour it together, it's now one. You cannot separate Mountain Dew and Coke once it's poured together. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so deep. It's not deep at all, man. It's, it's cake. It's science. So you, know, so you just do stuff like that, and you just make it relevant. You make it relevant by, by telling them the truth. You know, the gospel is so simple. We're the ones that screw it all up. The gospel is simple. It's a simple message. And so you just preach the gospel. Give the gospel and give it in your voice the way that God has created you to give it, and the, the relevance happens because the, the word of God is always relevant. You know, it's just in the fact that we as youth pastors, we start to feel as though we're not relevant. And we feel like we let our own insecurities stop us from preaching the word of God the way that it was intended to be preached because of our own insecurities and feeling like we're not relevant. So when you get past yourself and you focus on, hey, this is what the word of God says. The word of God is real. It's alive and, it, and it's true for you. And that's it. You know, and I would tell my students every week, look, here's the deal. You don't even have to believe like me. You don't. Like, I know so many people come in here and you're in a different journey or a different place in your journey and your walk with God, and that's fine. But I promise you, if you try the things that I'm telling you to do and you put these things into practice, God is going to change your life. I promise you. Just try it out, 30 days. Give it 100% and watch God do something in you. Watch God change you. I'm not going to, like, you can be a skeptic and whatever. Try it out. See what God does. And I've seen more success by just going at it that way because students start to do it. I had a kid who was gayer than gay come into my youth ministry, and I told him that, and he put things into practice, and God started to change that young man's life. I didn't have to look at him and say, you gay, you need to stop being gay. I looked at him and said, let God transform your life. Let God get involved in your life. Try the stuff out that I'm telling you to do every week, and let's see what happens. And I watched God completely wreck this guy. I never had to say a thing about what he does. So the word of God is real, man. We, we just have to get out of the way and let God do his thing. You know, God is the one who changes people's lives. Get get God on the inside, and we'll see what happens. Cool, awesome. Thanks, Andre. Hey, we got we got a next question uh, here on the line. So, uh... hey, Andre, Tryon. Hey, hey, man. Uh, talk about um, for those people that maybe are saying, hey. Uh, you know, I'd really like to just kind of go exegetical through books of the Bible, things like that. How do you balance, you know, going through books of the Bible um, exegetically uh, versus just being topical? Do you find that there's an advantage, disadvantage to one of those? Do you suggest doing one or the other? Uh, what's your What's your view on that? Mm. Um, I have I've been both directions, and. Um, and I think that it's, it's all about who the person is. But for me, the Word of God is the Word of God. And so it's, it's nice to be able to go at it from that standpoint because at the end of the day, you catch a lot less flack when you're exegetical. Um, so what I would suggest doing is I would get your hands on the Wayfinder Bible 
Um, again, that's the Wayfinder Bible. And what that is, it's the Bible I'm on right now, and it is the most gangster Bible I've ever read in my life. Um, and it gives you three different Bible plans that takes you through the Bible, you know, takes you through the Bible front to back. And so it has like the flyover route, which, you know, it's about, I think it's like 45 or 50 readings. And so it takes you to some of the most important things that have happened, uh, you know, throughout, you know, biblical times. And then there's another one that's the direct route, which gives you a little bit more reading. And then there's the scenic one that just takes you all over. So if you're looking, if you go the Wayfinder, um, and it takes you, like, it just pops you from, you know, sto- you know situation to situation um, in such a decent way to where you could preach off of every reading. So one of your readings can be an entire sermon series, you know, or, you know, or it, you could do a whole series on, for the entire year, off of just the uh, flyover route. So... It's that's what I would do if you're trying to go on a full biblical route. That's what I would do because it's the best and the easiest way to go through it. Um, because you're not sitting here, you know, it's hard whenever you're trying to figure out, okay, where should I go? What should I do? How should I bang that out? It's it's easy when it's done for you, and it's the easiest reading I've ever done when it comes to just reading the word and knowing where to go next. So that's what I do. Awesome. Good stuff. Hey, we got we got one more question here, Andre, uh, as of right now. So uh, next question, go right ahead. Hey, yeah, um, this is Philip from Oklahoma City. My question is, what do you do when you have a series planned out and you're all ready to go and it's like the month before, the week before, and all of a sudden you feel the Lord's pulling you a different direction and um, like you should really do something else with that month? Do you scratch everything? Do you try to pick up and rearrange things, or what? How do you go about that? Scratch everything. Yeah, I, yeah. Scratch everything, or you you work it out. You do a standalone if that's what you have to do, because really what you're doing is you're just planning a you're you're just planning a, a route for yourself, um, and you're trying to get ahead of yourself. But at the end of the day. Uh, Holy Spirit reigns supreme. You know, that's that's that. And so you're not going to, you can't sit there and just overrun the Holy Spirit or what God is speaking to your heart. Uh, so if he says, this is the direction you go, that's the direction you go. Guess what? Nobody cares what you're talking about. Nobody cares what your series is. We're the only ones who really care. And maybe our leaders, because they like to know where you're going. Nobody cares. Students don't care. They're just coming. They're coming to kick it. So, you know, if you need to switch it up, switch it up. You know, you you never want to battle God on that. You know, if you know, just mapping this stuff out and getting all this stuff banged out and and lined up is is strictly for you um, to be able to just relieve some pressure. But whenever God starts speaking to your heart, you know, you can get on a roll and just bam, 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 and you get that banged out in thirty minutes and boom, okay, it's a standalone, whatever, doesn't matter what you're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I just say go with whatever God says um, to answer that question. Awesome. All right, we got next uh, question right over here, Crossroads Church. Uh, all you, man, what's your question? 
Yo, Andre, what's up, man? This is Bo from Louisiana. Hey, man. Uh-huh. Uh, you doing good, bro? Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I, I heard another dude from Louisiana on here, man. It made me want some crawfish at Tuffet, baby. Hey, hey. That stuff right there. You need... You ain't got a pre- you ain't got a plan to prep for that. You just go get it, man. Um, hey man, so so in in regards to sermon prep and and your um, kind of banging things out, um, kind of like uh, like we like to do different things. Like, uh, I, well, let me kind of just navigate through my thoughts, like. I really like the idea of how you talk about sermon prep because it kind of it makes way for better services in that you can sit down with uh, if you want to knock out a drama or if you want to make something more of a visual illustration um, or adding illustrations to your message. Um, but I wanted to kind of hear from you a little bit more about um, creative elements within the service Things that that are I know you talked about edgy, um, edgy titles and edgy handouts and stuff, but things that kind of keep people um, keep students' attention when you're in the service and kind of mixes things up. I know I know a lot of people have like multiple different kind of service outlines where they just kind of switch a few things up, tweak kind of the order of service or whatever, just kind of get things a fresh look still accomplishing all the same thing, just in a different rotation. I want to kind of hear you talk about that for a little bit just because I love the ideas you have about sermon prep and stuff, but more more in the service stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah, man. Um, when it when it comes to my, my service order, um, I rarely, I rarely mix my service order up. And um, mainly because uh, I want my service – to mimic a Sunday morning service as closely as possible um, of my main church because that is our church. And, and so I want the students to be accustomed to this is church. Uh, so when I do switch up my service order, I do it on purpose, for purpose, uh, to make sure that, you know, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch it up, boom. And this is why, and we have like a, a certain thing that we're doing. You know, maybe I'm doing, you know, a big pool with nachos in it, um, like a kiddie pool with nachos and nacho cheese in it, because I think that's gangster. Um, and so we go out and, you know, everybody goes and eats nachos in the middle of service or something like that. Um, but, uh, so, but I normally keep everything in one order. Um, and my service order, man, Typically, I'll run through it real quick just because, you know, I can and we got time. So uh, my, a typical service for me is I would hold students in the lobby until whatever time my, uh, one of my leaders told me he wanted to open the doors. Uh, I let my leaders determine that um, because I give them a lot of control over my service um, based off of what they feel and how they feel. Um, that's a whole other story. We can talk about that later. Um, but so we'll open the doors at 7.05. Students come in. I have two hosts. Uh, sometimes it's a leader and a student. Sometimes it's two students, a guy and a girl. It just depends. Uh, again, another leader runs who does those. And we have, a, we have that person for a week or for a full month. We have those hosts doing that every week. And 
Um, and so we have the host come, and then we go into a time that we call family time. And I got that from Chris Harrell, like, so gosh, like 10 years ago. Um, but we give the students three to four minutes to go around and ask people's name, how long they've been coming around, and we give them something random to ask. And so they go around and they intermix and they, they mix it up. That's my time for my leaders to look and see who was sitting by themselves, to go introduce themselves and to make sure that they're sitting with those students and make it sure that they're integrating them into the service. Then worship brings us all back together. Um, worship happens. And then uh, during worship, we'll do our 180, like a student will come up and they'll speak real quick. Um, then we'll do uh, just, you know, go sit down, you know, whatever. We'll do a bumper video, and then I'll come up and speak. Um, and then I'll do my two challenges. And then I, I give the students something to pray about. Um, I always give my students about two minutes, you know, a minute to two minutes to pray on their own. You know, and I give a challenge for the believer and a challenge for the non-believer of what they need to ask God um, and give them a moment where they're stopping to listen to what God is saying to them. Then I come back, close it out, ask if people need to get Jesus. We do that. Boom. We're out. Run it. Everybody goes home. So that's how I run a service typically, um, and I rarely deviate from that. Um, but like I said, with the exception of being on purpose. So whether I'm, you know, if I'm doing like an honoring night, you know, or, you know, it just, so it all just depends on what we're into. Um, but I don't, I don't normally switch it up. Uh, I, I just don't. Um, like some guys really like to get into that. Uh, and I, I just keep it all very simple because, and streamlined, because I like to pull myself out of the youth ministry and all my leaders run everything so they know exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and it's all mechanical. Like, it all, it all works. So that's how, that's how I kind of get down. Um, I, I generally don't play games in youth ministry uh, as far as, like, you know, minute to win at games, you know, or anything like that unless, again, it's on purpose. You know, or we just do a night of that. Um, but so uh, I hope that answers the question. So if yeah, that, no. <laughs> Is that good? All right, you cut out. You still there, Cam? Sorry, Andre. I had myself. I had myself unmuted there. Hey, <laughs> uh, we got another. We got another question coming your way. Three one seven area code. Uh, all you, man. What's your question? Hey, Andre. This is Andrew. Um, just, uh, I got a question, but I want to say as a I guess like a testimony to uh, planning out my calendar is I've been able to um, really be effective in promoting those uh, series now and the things that we're going through because I've got more time on my plate. It's not crunch time like the week before trying to figure out what I'm going to speak on. So I've been able to, you know, make um, just some different creative things to get the students excited. And one cool thing that we've seen is um, – we we planned this out towards the beginning of the year, and the Holy Spirit has really, like, God has, like, lined things up specifically for the series that we're in for the moment that the students are going through. So it's really cool. I know that one of the questions was, what if God changes the direction? And um, I believe he will. He's done that in one of our services. But for the main gist of it, it's all lined up perfectly uh, according to what our season is and just how God is moving. And so that's really cool. But the question I've got for you, um, Andre, is 
when would you say is the best time to to plan and how long should you know you give yourself to plan out your yearly calendar i know we did we did it in two days uh, but that's because you don't live here and we had to knock it out so i mean do you say like over a week or two weeks do you say to do it at the start of a school year at the start of a new year um, what what is your advice on that and then also who do you include in those uh, planning meetings do you include your youth leaders do you include your um, you know some creative people just kind of walk through that and um, exactly your advice cool um, let's see um, I think the best time is now um, it's just I, I think getting it done is getting it done um, you know and most a lot of the churches that I've been involved in uh, their calendar kind of operates like most of them switch over right around this time, you know, in like their, their fiscal calendar switches over in July or August, a lot of them just because of budget reasons. Um, and so a lot of youth pastors are trying to get their calendars all together now. Um, but I, I think that it's just a good time to bang it out, um, you know, whenever you can. Um, like the summer is nice because the summer is a little bit more chill. But uh, just get it done as fast as possible. And as far as um, who to include, I would do um, I would do a creative, do like one or two creative people that just think outside the box. Uh, you do somebody who's very practical uh, and all, like word driven, like that person who is just all word of God, um, who devours the word like it's nobody's business. Um, you want them in there because they'll just have a lot of uh, insight. You want to have somebody that's very, uh, very organized and secretarial or administrative, uh, who can write on the board for you, so that you don't have to. Um, and you know, maybe a, a random person here or there, uh, just somebody that really stands out to you. Uh, you want to make sure that you have probably, if you can, have about two girls in there, um, just because women see things differently. Uh, so uh, having having that would be huge, um, and then the timing that it takes to plan it out. Um, I did it when I was in Florida. We did this whole process took me uh, three weeks, and it was one day. It was on a Tuesday, one day a week. Yeah, for three weeks is what we did, and we sat in a room. And we actually did it all on a whiteboard. And then we just took pictures of it uh, and wrote it all down. So, but that's how we did the entire year. Um, but it, it took a three-week deal. And it was just a one-hour meeting. I got pizza, and we ate real quick and dipped. You know, and I had, uh, I had a couple businessmen in there who were just dudes I was just trying to connect with in the church who I just had come out, and they were a part of it, and they loved it. You know, because they wanted to invest in the youth ministry, and that's how they did it, and they fell apart. So I was big. Um, so that's how – those are the people that I would, would include, and I would plan on it taking two to three weeks if we're doing one-hour sessions a week. Um, or we do it in two days if you just bring me out and I'll just sleep on your couch. So. <laughs> cool. Hey, Andre, we got, we got one last question for you, man, uh, coming from uh, Mr. Shane. Uh, Shane, go ahead, man. What's your question? 
Hey, Andrew, I just want to first say appreciate definitely you taking the time for this today. I know an hour is a long time to commit. So I know on behalf of everybody on the phone call, we really appreciate you um, and Ryan as well. Um, but you had mentioned, you know, you do a, um, a challenge to the non-believer and to the believer. I know a lot of us probably have youth groups that are, um, you know, we're looking to gain as many non-believers as possible to get them to know Jesus. But also um, just different audiences from junior high through high school. And so when you're planning your sermons, you know, throughout the whole year and when you kind of go in and revisit them during that week to get ready to speak, how do you... I guess, manage and best um, poise yourself to communicate to the younger crowd if you do speak to junior high and high school at the same time or if it's split, I don't know. Um, but how would you best um, communicate to both crowds at the same time? Because there's a pretty big age difference. I know our, our group is currently junior high and high school together. Um, but, yeah, that's, I know it's a challenge to communicate to both age groups because there's quite a difference there. Right. Yeah, um, you're in a – you're. are you Sandwich? Yeah, Sandwich, Illinois. All right, cool, because uh, I live right off of 55. Okay, so you're real, real close. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so we could – you want you want to do coffee or something? Dude, yeah, man. It would be awesome. <laughs> all right, cool. Holler at me. Uh, all right, we'll do. All right, here's my telephone number. 708. 267-5047. Everybody write it down. Call me if you need me. But, um, <laughs> but anyway. All right. Um, so, um, so when communicating, um, uh, I mean, I've heard it said you communicate to the oldest person in the room, and, and everybody will elevate themselves to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, never, I, I've never really worried about it. Um, I... Um, I'm really big on respect when it comes to youth services, and I let them know that from the door. Uh, that's another thing that I got from Chris Harrell uh, back in the day. Um, I let the students know every week, every single week, uh, my host, or I would say, look, we love that you're coming out here. Uh, if it's your first time, here's the deal. I just have to ask that you respect four things. Respect the person who's talking, uh, because that's just a general respect, and you want to give that person the respect that you would expect. If you were talking, mm-hmm. respect prayer, respect worship, and respect the women. And out of anything, if you disrespect the woman, you can leave the service immediately. <laughs> um, and and you know, we used to say, you know, if you if you disrespect the woman, you get bounced with the quickness. And that's how my that's what my serv- uh, my people responded to. Um, and I could just look out, and if somebody was being disrespectful, I could say, look hey, we don't play disrespect, baby. Wrap it up. And so students understood the respect piece, and so it shifted everything because they realized that them being there and them listening and paying attention was respectful. And when they did get disrespectful, I could pull them back in and say, look, there's somebody around you that needs to hear something, and there's somebody around you that's hurting and that needs healing from the Lord, and if you're going to get in the way of that, there's a problem. And you can't be... The, the reason that somebody doesn't get the healing that they need. So you need to wrap it up. You need to figure it out. Or feel free to walk out. I'm not holding you here. You know, and so when you let young people understand, like, this is a place of respect. You're going to be respectful. That's what we do. This is what we're about. I'm out here for you. I'm out here to help you and help your friends. So 
once they get on that level and that respect level, everything starts to rise. And you talk to the seniors, you talk to the juniors, you talk to what they're going through. Um, you know, granted, I wouldn't suggest, you know, you may not want to do a sermon series called Liquid Sex, you know, with <laughs> yeah. junior hires in the room. That might be a little bit too much. <laughs> you know, that's what I was but, thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little too much. I, would, I wouldn't go there, Shane. Not, not <laughs> something I want to, I'd want to get into with them because that's, yeah, that's a little too much. But, um, you know, but so you just figure out how you're going to talk about certain things. And so, you know, granted, so sex and things of that nature, those are, those are split them up services. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. like, I got to figure out a way. I got to split this up because we have to talk about it, but you don't want, you know, you don't want sixth grade Timmy going home and be like, Mom, what's oral sex? Like, oh, I, oh I. like what? <laughs> like, you're, you're catching phone calls, Shane, and that's not what we need. Um, so, so it's just speak to the, to the oldest person in the room and use your discernment. Um, and at the end of the day, dude, when you're up there and you're communicating to young people, before you go out, every, every time you go out, I always, I always talk. Uh, I always talk to God. I'm like, look, if you don't go out here, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't go before me, I'm not going out here. You have something to say I don't. So get out here. Do your thing. These are your kids. So I need you to speak through me right now. And God always starts to change things. You say things you never thought. You, you know, you say things you didn't prep, but you always make sure that you allow for God to be able to do this thing and God to speak to his kids because they're his, you know, and he knows what they need, you know, and he'll, he'll, he'll map it out for you. He'll, he'll twist it, he'll turn it, and he'll make sure it's there. Just make sure that you're obedient and make sure that, you know, you're connected with God on a real level and you're just not, playing a role and acting like you cannot read the word of God um, for yourself and you just get out there and think that everything's going to be okay even though you don't have the relationship with God that you want these students to have. Awesome. I'm not saying Thank you, you. you I'm not <laughs> saying you don't have that. I'm just yeah, yeah. throwing that out there. Sorry. <laughs> cool. So Awesome. Well, hey, good. Yeah, good. Hey, and I want to encourage everybody on this call that make sure you take down that phone number use Andre to, to, to bounce some questions off of man. I know he's got some great wisdom. Well, hey, Andre, uh, on behalf of me and Ryan and, and uh, the rest of the people on this call, man, I, I just really want to thank you so much for, for taking some time out of your day to, well, really taking some time out of your week to, to prep for this call and, and really get some great information down and then taking some time this, this morning to really just pour into to us as youth pastors Give us some of your wisdom, and uh, I just pray that, that God increases your, your wisdom and your anointing because of uh, how you've been pouring out on us today. So thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you. Hey, Amen. No doubt, man. appreciate you. appreciate all these guys. Here, um, here let me pray real quick. Go for it. So, uh, God, I thank you for everybody that's on this call. I don't know where they're at. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's going on in their lives. I don't know what's going on in their youth ministry. But I just speak blessing over them. I speak healing over them, financial blessing. I call for students from their area 
to see the light coming from them and them to be attracted to it. I pray that this summer would be a summer of growth for them, that it would not be a summer of slump. I pray that people would be able to come, that people would come and encounter you in a very real way, speak to every one of these youth pastors and youth leaders, and do something amazing in their hearts and in their lives now. I pray for you to restore marriages right now. I pray for you to restore finances. I pray for you to cancel debt in the name of Jesus. Um, I pray healing over their families, healing over their wives, their husbands, whatever they have, heal everybody that's connected to them. And I pray for favor with their senior pastors. I pray for budget favor in the name of Jesus. I pray for businessmen to come in and drop checks specifically for the youth ministry and that the youth ministry would see it and be able to use it. I pray that summer camp would be a time of um, preparation, a time of growth in these young people. And I pray for uh, just amazing, amazing growth in all these pastors and all their students' lives in the name of Jesus. All right, I'm done. Now. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Andre. I appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Well, hey, just want to remind you of a couple quick things before we hop off this phone call. Uh, just one, one last reminder about if you've got some students in your ministry, especially as we're going into the summer here, some seniors or juniors that are looking for a place to get discipled or get some ministry training and, and get their education as well, uh, please email us at info at victoryleadership.tv. Uh, Ryan Lincoln will get in personal contact with them and see if this is the place for him. And then last but not least, uh, don't forget, mark your calendars. June 23rd is going to be our next roundtable call. Uh, Levi Carter is going to be dropping some serious wisdom for us uh, when it comes to uh, talking with some, some hot topics with our students as far as uh, some, some very prevalent issues as far as cutting and gender issues and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just going to be some great wisdom coming from a, an author of a, a very powerful book and then a great youth pastor. So, uh, hey, we just want to say thank you guys so much for taking some time to be on this call. It has been an absolute pleasure and blast for me to be able to be on here with you guys. Andre, one more time, thank you so much for your wisdom. Uh, but with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and close this call. Uh, thank you so much for being here, and uh, we will hear back from all of you guys uh, on June 23rd. Y'all have a great rest of the week, and we will catch you next time.